morning. Were you glad this morning when they said to you, let us go up to the house of the Lord? Yes, me too. Hallelujah. It is good to be together with the brothers and the sisters and the family of God worshiping the Lord together. Yes, awesome. Let's start.
the Lord. Let's give a praise offering to the Lord. Hallelujah. What a glorious day it is. I'm going to ask Jason to come up and make an announcement. Good morning. He has done great things. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He has done great things. And you know what? We're only beginning to see the great things that God is about to do, I believe, in this city, in this church, and in this world. Hallelujah. So let's continue to allow the Lord to stir up within us an anticipation for the great things that He wants to do and is desiring to do in each of our lives. Amen. But listen, the reason I'm up here is really to make an announcement. Yeah. But praise the Lord. Amen. So we started our core foundations last Sunday and had a great time. Wednesday. What did I say? I thought, did you say Sunday? I don't know. Last yeah. Wednesday. <laughs> and we're going to do it again this Wednesday and every Wednesday after that for the next eight weeks. We had a wonderful time. This Wednesday, Leonard Terry is coming to talk to us about Jesus as seen in the Gospel of John, the bread of life. And we're going to be talking about Jesus, the seven I am's, each Wednesday for the next eight weeks as we stir each other up in discussion, in fellowship, to really refine our understanding of who He is and who we are in Him. We asked you last week to sign up and encouraged each of you to come join us. We believe this is a foundational teaching and a foundational truth for all of God's people to grow in. New believers, young believers, mature believers that want to grow in your intimacy with Christ, we want to encourage you to come out and join us. Now listen, Harvey's been talking about the vision of this church. We want to see a Christ-centered church growing together in faith, hope, and love. And one of the ways we do this, one of the ways that we're going to accomplish this mission together is through teaching and preaching of God's Word. And that's why we're doing this on Wednesday nights. We want to teach the Word of God. We want to minister the Word of God to each other to grow up into all the fullness of Him. Amen? So we want to encourage you. Sign up. Contact the church office and join us on Wednesday night from 7 to 9 here in this place. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Jason. What a wonderful day it is. Praise the Lord. You know, let's pray for this upcoming event. Celebrate London. We want to see Jesus Christ lifted up in the proclamation of the gospel. And so let's keep that event in prayer. It was wonderful to see people out this morning at our prayer meeting, uh, 915 to 945. I would encourage everybody, it's right here in the sanctuary. If you can join us, I believe prayer is a great thing in the heart of God. And I believe that's where we're going to start to see the release of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We want to see the church uh, using the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So I would encourage everybody to join us. I want to invite you to praise and worship. I have this Psalm 108 says this, a song, a Psalm of David, my heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing and make melody with all my being. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. Your steadfast love is great above the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Let's worship the Lord.
favor upon us, your love, your delight for choosing us. Thank you, Father. Help us to walk and live in purity before you, getting ready, preparing for the day of your return. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Lord, we thank you for this morning, and we just surrender this part of the service to you. Lord, we want to hear from heaven today. And, Lord, I just offer myself as a living sacrifice. And, God, give us ears to hear. Give us tender hearts. And, Lord... Um, May we be changed by your presence, and may you alone get all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, great to be together. Thank you for coming. Isn't it nice to be together as a church now? Hallelujah. And I do want to mention, I just believe that prayer is such an important part of the culture, both personally, and we want to create and encourage people to pray because I believe it's in that place of prayer, in that secret place where you're meeting with God, both individually and corporately, that actually, that's where we're going to hear God, when we take that time to listen. And what I want to do is help us grow together in those places. We, we, wanna, we, have a real, we talk about a relationship. Well, in a relationship, we talk to one another, and God actually speaks to us. Now, what we need to do is we need to learn to cultivate a hearing heart. You know, when, when Solomon asked God for wisdom, in the Hebrew it says, give me a hearing heart. Isn't that a beautiful thing? We want to cultivate a hearing heart. It was interesting. I, I just saw Vicki Burnett uh, just said to, to the nursery people, thanks for coming. How are you doing? It's great to have you. That's an important part of the ministry at the church here and. uh she said the Lord gave her a word this morning as she was praying. And, and I said, what's that? She said that she feels that people have gifts that they need to exercise, that they've given gifts, and the Lord wants them. I said, it's interesting because the name of my message this morning is called Unpacking the Gifts of the Holy Spirit. And she went <laughs> like that. That's a response when you know God has spoken through you and you don't realize it. It has an impact. And the gifts are to encourage us. And I hope you're encouraged this morning. And I want to tell you a little secret. Probably God's been using you a lot more than you actually realize. And what we want to do, you see, but it's faith that turns the key. And faith that works through love. That's why Paul wrote about love. You don't want to separate love from the gifts of the Holy Spirit because it's the thing that motivates us in using the gifts is love. And it's faith that exercises those gifts. And so we do have to step out. Sometimes it's there, and we just don't step out in them. So I want to encourage you, let's step out. Now, I know when I was a young Christian, and I was getting excited about the gifts, I would make many mistakes, and I was tempted to think, I just don't want to do this. I just don't do it right. I make mistakes. I, I don't say things right. But you see, that's part of learning to trust God. It's part of stepping out. Remember, we know in part, the Bible says, and we prophesy in part. And so that means we'll always be dependent on the Lord. 
one thing, you can take mistakes in one of two ways. You can say, I don't want to make a mistake, I don't want to hurt people, so I'm just not going to do it. And that would be kind of unbelief, wouldn't it? I wouldn't be really trusting in God. I understand the motivation. And I think it's also good to be careful in the gifts. But there's another part that says, you know, I didn't do it perfectly. I definitely did it wrong. But I'm just going to be more dependent on Jesus next time. And that's how we grow in the gifts. And so I've, many times I've felt that I've had a word for someone. And I might say, I think the Lord is speaking to me today, but I don't know. I said, would this work for you? I said, this is, it's okay because I'm testing myself. I'm saying I, I don't hear infallibly. We don't. But it creates a humility, a dependency, and it's comfortable. You know, and if you say, no, that doesn't fit. I remember I, had a prof- I thought I had a prophetic word for someone, and I shared it with them. It was completely off. And so I said, great, that helps calibrate me. That helps me, but we've got to be willing. It really exposes us, doesn't it? It really makes us vulnerable. Wow. But if you don't share it, and it was something that's been a blessing for them, then, then they've missed a blessing. So coming back to the vision statement, and you're going to hear this a lot, and I hope it doesn't, you know, it's, we need to know why we're here. What our purpose together is a church. And that is a Christ-centered community growing together in faith, hope, and love. Christ-centered. It should always bring people either to Jesus or growing in him. And we help each other grow. And it's a community. We need one another. The purpose of the gifts of the Holy Spirit are actually not for yourself, but they're for others. So God gives you something to give away for other people. The only exception to that is the gift of speaking in tongues, because it says it builds you up. And we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, So I just want to today look at um, how these gifts, what they are, what does the Bible call them? I know many of you came to the seminar on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and many didn't. So um, this might be a little bit of a review, but I don't think it's a bad thing to do a review. And I think the gifts are exciting. Isn't it exciting when you get a gift and you're unpacking that gift? You know, it might be for your bar mitzvah. Oh, no, that wouldn't be you. That'd be me. (laughs) Or for Hanukkah. Oh, that wouldn't be you either. That'd be me. (laughs) Or Christmas. Oh, that would be me too. I just just celebrate all the holidays. I'm so glad I'm not an atheist. I'd never get time off, you know? (laughs) So good to have a faith, you know? Look at all these holidays. And you add the Jewish holidays on top, I hardly ever work. (laughs) So, um, all seriousness aside, uh, we are growing together in faith, hope, and love. And God wants to use you. He wants to use you not to glorify you, but to glorify himself. But that's part of the body. So we need one another. Let me tell you something. There's no such thing as Lone Ranger Christianity. It doesn't exist. I'll give you one exception. There are people in prison for their faith in different parts of the world, but I want to tell you, the Lord is with them. But we need each other. That's why the Bible encourages, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Now, I love a Sunday morning. I love seeing my friends. I love when the body of Jesus is together. But we also need those times like the Tuesday nights with Stuart or the Wednesday nights at the church, or your home groups, or the men's groups, or the ladies' groups, or youth. We were at youth on on Friday night. Diane and I were were at the youth group, Friday night fire. I love seeing young people showing up. I love our young people. We need them. 
Young people, we need you. Youth, young adults, children, you are so important. Without you, we don't have a church next generation. We need to invest in them. But this is part of what the body of Jesus looks like. I love the diversity. We don't have one socioeconomic profile in the church. We are all over, and that's what it should be like. But when we come together, we're one people. And you all have gifts. And the, the gifts look different. You know, um, in the Bible, there's different kinds of gifts. Today we're looking at what they call the manifestational gifts. You know, there's three lifts of gifts. Excuse me, I just need a little... Um, but the whole point of all the gifts, I believe, is this. Revelations 19.10, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. See, it's all about Jesus. It should point to him. It should help us grow in him. Hebrews 1.1 1, 1 to verse 3 says, Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he's appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by the word of his power, after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. It's about Jesus. It's about him. It's his glory. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit um, either help us bring people to Christ and, or they help us grow in him. And we minister to one another. We do. We need each other. There's something wonderful when people can minister. And it always, always, the foundation of it is love. That's why 1 Corinthians is found in between 1 Corinthians 12, the list of the, of the gifts, and 1 Corinthians 14, the function, how to use the gifts, and in the middle is love. Because without love, we are nothing, the Bible says. So it's got to be love. It's got to be love. Many years ago, at another church, with a person that nobody knows here, <laughs> I just want you to know, when I speak, I don't speak about people that are in the congregation. That's not nice. Just so that you know that, no, I'm serious. So if I, I'm going to use an illustration about somebody that you don't know and happened at another church. So it's just completely, but it's a good illustration, so I want to use it. And that is um, this person who I found, I just found he was bumpy with me. You know, God gives you sandpaper people in your life. God used him to help me be more like Jesus. But I, I found that a hard thing. And so he came to me and he said he had this dream or someone had a dream. I actually can't remember. And he asked me what I thought the interpretation was. And I felt disqualified. Not because I wanted something bad for him, but I didn't know if I could give him what I thought God wanted for him in love. And I just had to say to him, I didn't know. And it's not that I didn't love him, but I didn't know I could deliver it in love because of this friction. And so I just said, I'm so sorry, I don't, I don't know, but I'll pray for you. And I, I, I felt that was the loving thing to do. Because sometimes when you've got a little axe to grind, it's easy to, to use that. And that's not what the gifts of prophecy are for. They're to build each other up. So it's good to inspect our heart. If we can't operate in love, then we should not deliver. We're disqualified. Actually, it's a good point to repent and say, oh God, give me a loving heart for this person. Help me and pray into their lives too. Okay, so let's take a look at 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 3. It says this, now concerning spiritual gifts... Brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. 
So I want to say the very first thing. If you're here this morning and you have said that Jesus is Lord, you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want you to know that's the Spirit of God. You have the Holy Spirit. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit. That's really good news. And here's the other thing. What seems obvious to you that Jesus is Lord and your confession of him is not from you. It's from the Holy Spirit actually speaking through you. So you already have the Holy Spirit. But there's another side to it. There's people can never say Jesus accursed. There's people out there that claim to be speaking for God. But when you look at their message, they're not glorifying Jesus. They're not leading people to Jesus. Some are even denying Jesus. There are people that call themselves prophets and other things in the world. It's important to know that because we need discernment to know what is of God and what is not of God. And so as a Christian, you all have the Spirit. And he says, I want to teach you about the spiritual gifts so that you will not be uninformed. I really like the way the King James puts it, that you will not be ignorant. You know, it's interesting. There's two things that Paul said to the church. Um, here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning the spiritual gifts. And he also said the same thing in Romans chapter 11 about the Jewish people. I don't want you to be ignorant concerning God's plan for the Jewish people. And it's so interesting, the very two things that Paul says I would not have you ignorant are the two things that brought so much controversy into the church. Isn't that interesting? It's, so it's really important. We're not going to talk about Israel today, but we will talk about the gifts of the Spirit because there's some people that don't believe the gifts of the Spirit are available today. And I think it's really important to know they are, but understand how to use them properly and how to grow in them. Um, and I think it's really, really important. Okay, so the next thing I want to say is the gifts of the Holy Spirit are available to all God's children. It says, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 says this, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them in all in everyone. So it's interesting. So we have three words here. We have the, uh, the varieties of the, of the gifts, same Spirit, Holy Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. That's Jesus. And then it says there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. That's God the Father. So we see the Trinity is very active in these things. The word here for the varieties of gifts, the word gifts here is charisma. That's where we get our word charismatic from. And that word charisma, charisma, word is grace. So the very first thing that you've got to understand about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's a grace gift. You didn't earn it. You can't strive for it. It's not out of self-effort. It's not out of God just chose us to impart a gift on you by his grace. Isn't that good news? So you don't have to work hard to get the gift. You have to understand it's based on God's gift, not performance. And it also says another thing. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're a mature believer. People can operate in the gifts and yet be spiritually immature. This is, in fact, what happened in the Corinthian church. Paul says, I know you're so zealous of these gifts. You desire so much to follow the gifts, but you got to grow up. You're still babes in Christ. So it doesn't mean just because you speak in tongues or even prophesy that you're necessarily a mature believer. Now, it'd be nice to be mature. That's the goal is to be mature. And that word mature 
really means to be like Jesus, to grow in his image and to live his life with his character in every circumstance and situation we find ourselves in. That's the goal. The goal is to live like Jesus because as we grow in him and as we have his character, then the world will know. And it really means to grow in love. You want to see what Jesus is like? It's love. Look at his, his whole life is all about love. That's why forgiveness is such an important part of love. When people don't, people don't deserve forgiveness, but I want to tell you something else. I don't deserve forgiveness either. That's why it's about love. But the gifts are actually tools given to each of us so we can minister to each other, so we can grow in that love. And that's how the body is joined together. So Paul said this, these are important gifts. He said, I don't want you uninformed, so you need to know what these gifts are. The word for service here is the same word as the word for deacon. It's diakonos. And it means to serve. We get grace gifts that we don't deserve, but we don't just keep them to ourselves. It's not about us being super spiritual people with these wonderful gifts and look at me. It's not at all. It means we're using them to serve others. Isn't that a beautiful thing? We're called to serve. That's love. Love sacrifices ourselves to serve others. And the third one, activities. And it's the same God who empowers them. Well, the word for activity here is energema, where we get our word energy. God energizes the body through the activity of the Holy Spirit. It is exciting. It is dynamic. It is powerful. It builds us up, and that's what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for. And I remember um, when I was in Jerusalem, I spoke at the International Christian Embassy in Jerusalem, and there was a pastor on staff there. And I want to give you an example of how God used a prophetic word, not in my life, but in his life. And I, I was so uh, profoundly blown away by it. I want to share it with you this morning. It was one of those incredible words. He was at a time in his life where he was discouraged and trying to figure out the direction. This was some time before. And when he was 12 years old, he noticed a certain pattern of seeds in a watermelon. I thought that was a strange thing. But he said he noticed when he was 12 years old the pattern of seeds in a watermelon. Fast forward many years later to this place in his life where he was discouraged. And a person had a prophetic word for him, and this was the prophetic word. He says, just as when you were 12 years old and I showed you the pattern of seeds in the watermelon, so I've got a plan for you. Don't be discouraged. I've got something for you. Now that is a prophetic word. Isn't that powerful? And he shared that with me. And um, I thought that was, that was amazing. Now, if the person had come to him and just said the last part, it would have been just as much God. Like if he says, I've got a plan for you, don't be discouraged, that still could have encouraged him. But when God speaks to you so personally, God can. But most of the time, God speaks to us in the simple area, something that doesn't seem profound. It's just as much God, but the point is, does it energize us? Does it activate us? Does it motivate us? This is what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are to do. And then it goes on in 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 7. For to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. It's to build us up together. For, and so we're going to go through the list of gifts. I'm going to try and just give you a brief description. I know we can't do a complete thing, but I just want us to start to think about, we're going to unpack the gifts. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability 
to distinguish between the spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. And so here we see that there's, there's these lists of gifts. And it, the whole point is to build up the body of Jesus. Most often, I have found, this is my personal experience, when we're praying, like this morning, for one another, that's when the gifts operate. And it may just sound like a prayer, but it's actually more than a prayer. You can actually be praying and the Holy Spirit speaking because it's hitting the target. You don't always have to use language that sounds like it's God. It's not wrong to. You know, God allows us, God puts something on us and we express it through the language that we know. The only difference is speaking tongues, which is purely the Holy Spirit speaking in a language through us. We'll talk about that in a moment. But these gifts are for each other to build each other up. And prayer is the most, uh, I find, fundamental ways that, that God does that. I remember um, many years ago at a, uh, another church that we were blessed to attend, um, I was privileged to teach on a series on Israel, uh, God's plan for Israel. And um, um, I had a friend there who's here, Leonard Terry. And uh, uh, at the end of that series, I taught it for about 10 or 11 weeks, he prayed for me. And he prayed that I would be a rabbi to my people. And that, he just prayed a prayer, prayed that I'd be a rabbi to my people. The next day, I phoned him and I said, Leonard, you won't believe it. I forgot to tell you, a year ago, I had a dream. And in that dream, I was dressed like a rabbi. And I was speaking to a rabbi about Jesus. And, uh, but in the dream, the rabbi was like receiving me. We were having this conversation. I was saying, I believed in Jesus. He didn't, but it wasn't hostile. But I was dressed like a rabbi. Well, Leonard broke out into laughter. And I said, Leonard, why are you laughing? He goes, well, actually, I had a vision of you dressed as a rabbi. And that's why I prayed you'd be a rabbi to your people. See, that's the Holy Spirit. Within a year, a rabbi came from Jerusalem to talk to me about my faith in Jesus. And you know what he said to me? I consider you more Jewish than the un uh, secular Jews. That was amazing. It was the dream. It actually was fulfilled. So God, gives you, God does those things so we can have confidence in him to step out in his will. That's why we have those gifts. Because we've got a job to do, church. There is a world that needs to get saved. And we need to be together and love one another and encourage one another so we can get the work that God has. There's tons of gifts. There's more than just the list of the manifestational gifts of the Holy Spirit. In Romans 12, there's a whole list of other gifts that are just as much from God, serving, hospitality, compassion. You know, those are gifts that if you have compassion, that's a gift God's given you. And it's an important gift. Serving, teaching. There are there's ministry gifts in um, the fivefold ministry gifts we see in Ephesians chapter 4, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor. Those are different gifts. But we all have something to contribute. And it's all by one spirit. And as true believers, God has something. Now, God may use you in a particular gift. We just read a list of, of different gifts here. But you may have a gift that somebody else needs. You know, and that's why we want to exercise the gifts. But you can't exercise the gifts if you're not in community. You cannot. We need to be in community. That's why community is so important. And what I want to encourage you to do is find out the gift. Pray that the Lord will show you the gift and start exercising it. 
And God will confirm it. I, I, the day after I became a Christian, literally, I became a Christian, a believer in Jesus, May 3rd, 1976. That was 45 years ago. I was minus 10 years old. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I was always be, I've always been bad at math, so just ignore that one. Um, you know, there's three kinds of people in the world. Those who are good at math and those who aren't. Right? <laughs> so, okay, got to pull in the reins. Come on, let's get back to the service. Stop it. <laughs> um, but the day after I became a Christian, I literally started sharing my faith in Christ. I mean, I didn't, now I have to tell you, I didn't see this as some spiritual gift. I found Jesus. I found the real thing. I'm going to heaven. And the day before, I was Jewish with two other Jewish kids in the high school and 900 other or so non-Jewish kids. I thought they were all Christians. But the day after, when I found Jesus, I knew the difference. I knew that I found the real thing. And it wasn't like, I have to do this to earn, go to heaven. I knew I was going to heaven. It's because I was going to heaven. It's because I found the most wonderful thing. It's because I was in love with Jesus. I had to share this. And I was called the Jewish Jesus freak in high school. I didn't know that until after high school, but that's okay. It didn't stop me. I made tons of mistakes. I mean, I completely was overbearing. Honestly, I was, I was evangelism on steroids. I mean, I was scaring away the Christian kids. Like, oh, stay away from him. We don't want him. Whatever he's on, we don't want it. I'm serious. I had a guy 20 years later come up and apologize to me. He says, when you were at school and I was a Christian, we didn't want anything to do with you. And I went to his church. He says, you scared us. He says, but now I'm on what you're on. Hallelujah. See, it's about being, when you love Jesus passionately, and when you, and he gets us something, he makes you love other people. When you love people, you want to see them go to heaven. And so for me, I was, and so my friend, the guy that discipled me, his name is David Overholt. He was, that's where I met my wife, Diane, at his wedding. Um, and we're still like great friends. Like he's in Hamilton pastoring. So um, he'd been praying for a year that he would have someone to disciple. And I remember, I, for some reason, I came up to him. Of all the Christ, kids that I thought were Christian the day before, I knew none of them knew Jesus. But this guy was different. We never talked about God or Jesus, but I saw there's some quality different in his life. And I went up to him and said to him, I was filled with the Holy Spirit yesterday. I was only saved one day. My theology was all over the map. But I mean, he knew what I meant, that I received Jesus. Well, he was so excited. He bought me my first Bible. He discipled me. He took me to Bible studies. Like, he took me under his wing. That's relationship. And we saw that year one person a month come to Christ at the high school. Because when you love Jesus, it's just contagious. And that's why we not, it's not just, that's one gift. Was, and so about 10 years later, and I've been seeing come to Christ, a lady that we knew that was prophetic said to us, said to me, the Lord showed me you have the gift of evangelism. And I go, no. <laughs> really? I didn't think I had the gift of evangelism at all. I didn't even see it. I didn't even see the nose on my face either. I should. <laughs> but um, because it wasn't, that to me was just, it was like I wasn't even thinking about that. I, but that encouraged me. And looking back, I could see, in fact, I did have the gift of evangelism. But the gift's not about us. It's about service. And all these gifts are about service. And um, I want to just 
share a little bit about how these gifts work. I'm sorry I can't get into everything. A word of wisdom is when God supernaturally gives wisdom for a situation where you can't see something clear. Pray for wisdom. And it's a supernaturalism. It's not a wisdom that comes out of your own mind. It's God imparts some form of wisdom. I'll give you one example. When, the, when they tried to trap Jesus, and they said, who should, should we pay taxes? The reason it was a trick question, by the way, is if they said to pay, you should pay taxes, then Jesus would have been accused of being a traitor of the Jewish people. And they would have said he's a traitor of the Jewish people because there was a lot of anti-Rome sentiment. If he says that you shouldn't pay taxes, then he would have been accused of rebelling against Rome and we're under Rome. It was a situation to trap him, so there was no good answer. And what did Jesus say? Give me a coin. And he gave him a coin. He says, whose image is the coin? He made them answer. He said, Caesar's. He says, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and render unto God the things that are God. And it says they were amazed at his wisdom. That was a word of wisdom. That was God having wisdom. Words of knowledge are knowing something about a person or situation that you receive from God, not from natural means. Again, we see Jesus had a word of wisdom. He met the woman at the well, or word of knowledge. And he says, go home and bring your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. He says, you speak well because you've had five husbands and the man you're with now is not your husband. That was a word of knowledge. It's a supernatural word of knowledge. Or when he met um, Nathaniel, and he says, I saw you under the fig tree before he came, and you're a true son of Israel. He, described, he knew something about him. God will drop something about you and your heart about people that you don't know naturally. It's happened to me quite a few times. And when that happens, I don't say God said this. I'll say, uh, this is something that came to me. I'll share it gently. I could be wrong. And I'll ask them to, to respond to it. And they'll confirm whether that's God speaking to you or not. And that's okay. Uh, the gift of faith is a supernatural. This is not the saving gift of faith. We're all saved by faith. We all have faith. But this is something that God imparts in a certain time that you need faith for an unusual set of circumstances. Um, Acts chapter 14, 8 through 10 says, Now at least there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth and he'd never walked. He listened to Paul speaking, and Paul looking intently at him, and seeing that he had faith to be made well, said in a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. And he sprang up and began walking. And when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices and said in Laconian, The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Uh, but the point was, Paul saw that he had faith to be healed. I wonder what that looks like. I wonder how Paul knew that, but, but you will know. God will give you faith. There's been times where we faced circumstances in our lives that it seemed impossible. But when you believe God is calling you to do something, God will give you the faith that you need to do it. Gifts of healing. Um, the Greek word for healing here means to mend like a garment. So often you can pray for healing, and it's not always instantaneous. Sometimes it's a process. And there are people that have gifts of healing. Our friend Paul Teske, um, who himself received a supernatural healing, has a gift of healing. He prays for people to be healed. Gift of miracles. Um, this is any supernatural event that can happen. There's a gift of miracles, like the splitting of the Red Sea or uh, uh, the, the bread that was multiplied in the, the bread and the fish that Jesus multiplied. I like what Reinhard Bonnke says about miracles. They are impossibilities, not absurdities. Miracles are impossibilities. And it's because you need it in that situation that God will do 
miracles. And hopefully God's doing miracles all the time. Prophecy, of course, builds up the church. And uh, I like this. God speaking in the now. It's something you need is to edify, encourage, and exhort. We need, it's a God, it's a word of the season in the now. Acts 11.27 says this, Now in the days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be great famine all over the world that took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea, and they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. So we see that prophecy came to prepare the people to do a great work. There is distinguishing uh, various kinds of spirits, whether it's of God or not. There is, I'm going to spend more time next week talking about speaking in tongues, the purpose of it, and also the interpretation of tongues, which is really a form of the prophetic when we're together. So, um, Thank you for joining us this morning. I hope you've been encouraged. Um, we have these wonderful gifts of the Holy Spirit that God wants us to use. I just want to close with an invitation. I never want to close the service without explaining salvation. You know, uh, if you've never received Jesus, you can receive this wonderful, glorious salvation, forgiveness of sins, and a new destiny, and you can receive all these gifts as well by the Holy Spirit. If you've never received Jesus and you'd like to, there's three things we've got to do. We've got to admit that we're sinners, that we're not good enough. We're not saved because we're good. We're only saved because we trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. But we invite him and we surrender to him to come into our lives and we, in a sense, give him our lives to live through us to find his purpose. I'm going to pray a prayer. If someone here or online has never received Jesus, I'd love to pray this prayer with you. Dear God, I thank you that Jesus Christ, your son, died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. And I ask that you forgive all my sins come into my heart, and I ask that you live through me in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. Let's close in a wonderful word of worship. God bless you.
been encouraged I just want you to know this morning if you feel that it's hard for you to believe that God wants to use you I want to tell you God wants to use you be encouraged this morning uh, we're gonna close in prayer and I want to let you know, I'd like to call the altar team we're gonna have altar prayer today uh, after the service is closed so Bonnie if you'd like to lead your team uh, if you'd like prayer they've got lots of hand sanitizer we're doing it safely over here, um, just come on up as you feel led, but uh, the, the prayer team's going to come up, and I'm just going to close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, that you're the God who is with us. We serve a real and a living God who speaks today. We do not serve dead religion. We don't serve an idea. We serve the living God. So, Lord, our desire is to grow closer to you, Father God. Our desire is that people will grow in Christ. And, Lord, this morning as we dismiss, there are those that are hurting. There's those who have great needs that have physical needs. Lord, would you send forth your word to heal them, Father God. And I pray blessing on this congregation this week. And Lord, minister through our worship, our altar team, so that they can receive a touch from heaven today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. I'm so glad you came to church this morning. It is great to be with you all. God bless you.